Maybe you've asked yourself a question. What does it take to get into a bigger part of the concrete injection game? Namely lifting concrete slabs, polyurethane underpinning or other major geotech jobs. Many of you may run businesses or have experience working with waterproofing, joint filling and membrane work. But bigger geotechnical projects are, as my guest Jim Spiegel of Archemis Petex says, completely different animals. In my conversation with Jim, we get into the various differences between injection for leak sealing and waterproofing versus major geotech projects like lifting part of a structure that is sinking into the ground. We get into it on a few different levels, technical, business and marketing. Jim stresses that anyone who wants to make a successful expansion into geotech needs the right training right resins, right equipment, and they need to follow the instructions. In fact, I may be a lot like you in that I'm seriously thinking of expanding my injection business into slab lifting, resin-based underpinning, and other geotech. Right now, around 90% of my business is waterproofing and related jobs, and I'd love to get a taste of something bigger. My conversation with Jim really opened my eyes to this ins and outs of expanding a concrete injection business into slab lifting and other major geotech projects. So if you are thinking about expanding your concrete injection business into these areas, you won't want to miss this episode. So if you haven't already, hit subscribe, sit back and enjoy the episode. Hello Jim, how are you doing today? Fantastic. Thanks for having me. Uh, that's a pleasure. It's almost, uh, it's exactly one minute to uh, 5 p.m. in Warsaw, Poland. What's, what's the time at your place? Uh, it's 8, 8 a.m. I'm in uh, Southern California, so we're 8 a.m. Uh, Pacific okay. time, and it's 8 a.m. Wow. So I, I, I can say that I almost uh, finished my working day, and you are just starting, and we are doing exactly the same. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yep, just okay. getting started. Uh, you know, the, uh, when I consider California the place where you are uh, at the moment, it's like from the Poland, Polish um, um, place on the map, it's like the place of the legend. Is it also the leg- legendary when it comes to the business, for injection business? Uh, not, not, not necessarily where I am. So I'm in Southern California, and Southern California is a, a good grouting market. I mean, it's a good everything market there's okay. so many people um you know it's it's really a, an interesting market in construction there, there's so much going on you could you could be focused on southern california your entire career and mm-hmm. still perhaps not know all of the players you know so um there's just a lot going on here now as far as injection goes um typically you know the bay area san francisco is a fantastic market there's a lot um you know it's very um limited space urban construction you know so there's a lot going into the water table mm-hmm. um, they have yeah they have a lot of uh, large infrastructure of tunnels and you know and, and uh, metro um, infrastructure Seattle's a great market um, just because of the amount of rainfall 
mm-hmm. the Pacific yeah. Northwest. You know, there's, there's there's quite a bit of injection work going on. And then other than that, you know, it's the the usual players that you would that you would consider. Um, you know, the the Northeast because it's so heavily populated, a lot of rainfall, a lot of infrastructure, a lot of urban settings. Uh, that's very good. Mid Atlantic is very good, of course, um, and Florida, as everyone knows. So okay, you just almost answered my uh, my question. Uh, one of the questions I prepared for this conversation because I, I wanted to know: Is it all only this ground injection to stabilize concrete, uh, you know, uh, and level uh, concrete, or is it also injection uh, that uh, leads to water tightening? So is it like what's the share in this in this business between those two kinds of injection? Yeah, that's that's a fantastic question. Um, you know, and without saying too much about our you know our market research, because of course we put a lot of you know, a lot of time and resources into that. Um, it, it is an interesting breakdown, I would say. You know, consider can, comparing leak seal to uh, say like slab lifting or yeah. geotechnical. Mm-hmm. Um, what I can tell you is that yes, the, the geotechnical side of things um, is probably larger, you know, the larger volume. As everyone knows, that's when you get into like drum packaging instead of uh, pails. You know, mm-hmm. um, so the you know it's it's quite interesting to a lot of companies in that regard. However, it's a different, um, it is a different um, animal altogether. You know, there, yeah, there's a lot like, more mm-hmm. field and site support on that side. You know, there's large uh, pumping rigs. You know, these rigs are trailers or semis or box trucks, and you have to be able to be out there in their in their rigs and offer that level of support on the geotech side. So it is a little bit different than the leak seal, where leak seal you get more into the single component products, the catalyzed hydrophobics and and uh, hydrophilic gels, and um, you know we're pumping through single component pumps, you know, um, electric airless like spraying pumps, things like that. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit simpler, to be honest, the, the leak seal side. So it's a little, you know, there's trade-offs. There's there's higher volume on the um, on the geotech side, but it's a much much higher level of support that's required in the field. Uh, yeah. So like my business is, I would say ninety to ninety five percent is a uh, injection, uh, you know, to uh, seal the leaks, and that's it. Uh, like I I inject into the ground or we, we run we inject into stabilize the, the concrete it's like three to five uh, job sites uh, a year uh, so how difficult is to enter this uh, you know uh, injection into the ground to stabilize it to, to lift the, the concrete like comparing to uh, injection to stop the water what does yeah. it take to, to start this to start this business? Yeah, I, um, another really, really good question because that's that's obviously one that we get. I've seen your web page, of course, before we started this uh, this conversation, and I've seen that one like the, the first thing you see when you download your web page is you say that you uh, train people in order to start this uh, injection into the ground to stabilize the the, the ground. So. Is it only that you train people or you also deliver some something more like the equipment and, and so on? Yeah, it's a it's a really really good question, an important piece of the of geotechnical grouting or soil grouting, you know, essentially. And um and yeah, so I'm quite familiar with with where you are as far as your leak seal focus. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been in the industry about 15 years now, maybe 16 years. Um, and you know, my first portion of my career was spent mostly on leak seal. So the last three, you know, three, three years I've, I've actually gotten into the geotech side, uh, much, much more. And as far as the training goes, yes, if, if you're going to be a, from the supplier side of the geotech, you have to have a large commitment to the training. Um, you know, when, when people call you up um, and they want to talk about, you know, starting a, say, a slab lifting business uh, mm-hmm. compared to, you know, a waterproofing business, it's a completely different, different animal. Uh, typically, the waterproofing contractors are doing a wide a host of other things. Um, they do joint filling. They do maybe membrane work. Um, you know, they're doing yeah. caulking, they're doing glazing, um, you know, injection is just a tool that they have in their bag on the, on the lifting side. When people get into the business, that is what they're going to do. <laughs> Primarily it's going to be, you know, um, sometimes it's, you know, there's mud jacking, of course, you know, with cement grouts, and then there's, you know, there's poly jacking with, uh, with urethanes. Um, so yeah, from the manufacturer side, you have to have a commitment to the training and you know, what does that mean yeah. to us? Mm-hmm. It, yeah, that means that when somebody is is serious about getting started in the business, we're going to, you know, we're going to go out there and, and meet with them and do sales trainings with them and do marketing training with them. Um, we're going to do field training with them, equipment training. We have them to our facility, uh, to the factory in Tucker, Georgia. We show them the, the manufacturing process. We show them where the material is made. Mm-hmm. Um, we show them the machines. We have live machines there uh, in Tucker. And we get them, you know, hands-on machine and lift, you know, lift concrete slabs in the, you know, in the back of our facility. And then it's just, a, it's a commitment to being on site with them. You know, mm-hmm. um, Andy Powell, who is our Southeast regional manager and geotech line product, uh, product line manager. You know, I, I mentioned him a lot of, you know, we have the Injection Connection podcast and Andy comes up in almost every... We'll come to that for sure. <laughs> yeah, because he's, he's, he's an example of what it takes to be successful on the manufacturing side. He spends probably 80 to 90% of his time on sites with his customers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a lot different than selling, you know, picking up a phone and explaining leak seal grouting you know, or mixing or something. It's, it's a, it's really is a different animal. So that's why back to your original uh, observation that our site is focused on training. That's why, because we, we want to put it right, right in front of the customer that, you know, we're not just going to sell you the systems. We're going to come out and, and train you. Yeah. It's, it's so important. Like two weeks ago, uh, I had a, a call from a client. He's not an applicator. He's just, you know, regular uh, uh, businessman, but in totally different uh, industry. And he bought a, a can of uh, injection uh, resin. And he got informed by, from the sales rep that he, uh, you know, it's, the, the sales rep said that it's easy. You just go, you rent a pump for, for half a day, and you inject this resin using a lance into, into the ground. So, like a week later, when he finally decided to to call us uh, on his uh, job site, when he's you know saw us working, preparing step by step this how to inject this 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 resin into the ground, he said like, "I wouldn't do it. 
he like he understood finally this uh, the complexity of the whole process uh, and yeah so he couldn't believe uh, at first he, he he was like that uh, maybe i'm joking and I, i told him in the first place like the first minute of the conversation that he is not going to do it on his own he needs not only the equipment but right people on the right place knowing what to do step by step so we did it for him but uh, the the most surprising thing is that the sales rep who convinced the client that it only takes to to rent a pump 2k pump um so i still can't believe it uh, how on earth it happened but that's that was true okay so uh i see that you are you really you know you work in this uh, in the industry you know you know this uh, very well but uh let's come back to the beginning what made you to you know to to start uh, working in this business like tell me the story how you how you started yeah sure um <laughs> yeah, we always joke about that on some of the other episodes as well because nobody when, when you're in grade school or a child, you don't say that you're going to sell chemical injection resins. Oh no, <laughs> no, rather not. <laughs> yeah. so, so I think the the one thing we all have in common in this industry is that we all through happenstance have ended here, right? Um <clears throat> but yeah, there are some fantastic people. I'm glad that they have it and mm-hmm. you know in in this industry. As far as myself, um in in college i was actually a, yeah, my degree is in neuroscience so i was a um, uh, a science major um you know neurology focused and i had a minor in chemistry mm-hmm. um after i graduated college i obviously didn't go the med school route and um i was looking at how to apply my science you know my science background to perhaps sales i always loved to talk and gab and you know and mm-hmm. um, i felt that i had a, a good technical mind So I, I I was looking for ways, you know, pharmaceutical sales, chemical sales, whatever it may be. That's kind of where I was I was looking, um, and that's when I found uh, my first position um, through uh, looking at uh, chemical, you know, chemical sales. So uh, I just kind of ended in the chemical injection world that way, and then once I got into it, uh, one of the first things I saw that I really liked was that there aren't there aren't too many players, you know, um, and I don't want to mm-hmm. say player. I, I mean, players, as far as like competition, mm-hmm. there's, there's obviously we have our handful of competitors, you know, which every industry does, but there, there wasn't 200 companies selling this stuff. There might be, you know, four or five good ones, yeah. you know, and, and I saw, you know, across the U S that there just wasn't this saturated market. And not only that, the more I learned, the more you know as anything the more you the more you know the more you know what you don't know <laughs> you know you you start to realize it's how very much frustrating you don't. the more yeah. i learn the, the the more i understand that i think i won't manage to 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 get it all to really <laughs> right. understand it all right it's, it's really nightmare so, so especially when really it comes to marketing yep absolutely um and that was another interesting thing that the more you learn about chemical grouting the more you learn of what the products can do So that just opens up more more opportunities. So it's it's not about grabbing somebody else's piece of the pie. It's about making the pie bigger. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, this was an a topic on my last podcast episode with a uh, with a competitor. Actually, mm-hmm. I had a very direct competitor on as the guest. And okay, how was it? 
It was great. Um, I mean, I, I've known him for, for some years now through industry associations and he's worked with some of my ex coworkers. And, um, but one of the commonalities that we, that we say, and kind of to your point of putting this all together, you know, some yeah. of the other people that you have on your podcast are, are direct competitors as well. But I think it's a fantastic thing to do um, still because through educating, I think if, if we would all push the correct techniques, the correct, uh, <clears throat> you know, ethics and morals as far as, you know, how we're selling, who we're selling to, who we're supporting, uh, product quality, product recommendations, all these things I, I, I think our, our industry has a lot of improvement that it can make to, again, make that pie bigger. You know? Yeah, you know, like in the third third episode of my podcast, I had a, a Stephen from Webac, and we have been discussing this polyurethane uh, resin step by step, uh, five or six different kinds, and like what we can achieve using this this particular kind. And he was so kind, and he didn't, you know, use their brand name. We're we're talking in general, so every uh, applicator around the world can take his brand or different brand or any given brand actually, and achieve the same uh, with with different kind of uh, of resins. Uh, just because we have, you know, I, I I use the word of decoding this PU based resins because there are still people using only one one resin to all situations on the job sites and we both know that there's many 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 different situations and uh yeah so this was great and many people from even the like two days ago i was talking with a manager from kester another german producer and he told me that he read the whole script of, of this conversation and he liked it very much because we didn't use this brand names but we just explained how we can use a different kind of resin to achieve uh, what we wanted to achieve that was that was really great this, this is it yeah. he is not my competition uh, competitor because i'm the applicator uh, i'm not the producer but still this conversation was really uh, really fantastic i like it very uh, very much you mentioned podcast, so tell me the secret. How come that you started the podcast? Like, what was what was the idea? It was is it your idea to start it? Like, where does it come from? Um, so I I just enjoy podcasts myself. You know, okay, you, what do you um, listen? Well, I, I watch a lot. This is a, a little different, but and not not political slants at all. But uh, I, I watch a lot of like Jordan Peterson. Um, uh, the Rubin Report, you know, some of these, uh, it's kind of long form debate, mm-hmm. so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, so some of the uh, Joe Rogan, I watch a lot of the Joe Rogan podcasts um, or listen to the, a lot of the Joe Rogan podcasts. And, um, you know, I, I really, what really resonated with me is this long form discussion, you know, where I feel like in today's world, we, we feel like we can get everything from a five second sound bite or you're, you click through a news site and you look at a headline and that's how you formulate your opinion. 10 seconds, it's way too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so exactly. Um, so I, I just, that has, has resonated with me for the last probably two years that, mm-hmm. you know, I think in all aspects of life, we could be diving much deeper into the conversation, you know, and it's, and to your point about, you know, another 
things. You know, to bring it back to injection, you know, another supplier and talking about, you know, what product types you can use. Mm-hmm. If you get really deep into that conversation, you're going to learn so much more than just calling up a salesman and saying, hey, I, I see on a specification that, you know, a product ABC is specified. How much is it? Can I get it for $5 cheaper? <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. mm-hmm. it's, it's almost the low hanging fruit of the industry that really doesn't do our industry a service at all. So, um, so that's why I wanted to start a podcast was to try to get thought leaders, you know, for a half hour or an hour or whatever the duration is to just talk more mm-hmm. in depth about injection, you know, cause it, it is one of these, uh, these services in the construction world that's highly technical and you can, you can send two contractors out with the same exact product and one will have fantastic results. And the other one will have a complete failure. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I mean, that tells you everything you need to know about, you know, what we're dealing with in this industry. So that's, that's why I wanted to do more of the long discussions. Okay. Okay. But, uh, it's still audio. Uh, they told me when I was when I came up with this idea uh, to start a podcast. Uh, I was told to, to 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 not to do it in on, on audio only, uh, but you know rather uh, put it as a video on uh, YouTube. So uh, why audio? Yeah. So another thing that that I think a lot of people in our industry it's very common in the States, you know, because in the U obviously the U S is so large geographically, right? So sales managers and technical field reps, uh, they, they drive a lot. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I think one of the benefits of audio is that, you know, you can just get it on, ha- have it on your phone. You know, you can listen to audio books while you drive, you can listen to, to podcasts while you drive. So I think just from a consumption standpoint, it's a little bit more convenient, especially mm-hmm. for sales professionals who are on spend a lot of time on the road, but I agree with you. Actually, I like having the video as well. And I think the Joe Rogan show is a great example of that where they capture the video as well. So you can digest it in audio form or you can go to YouTube and, and digest it there. Um, and one thing's for certain, if you don't collect the, the video up front, it's lost, <laughs> you know, so you may as well collect the video as well and just have it, you know, for your, Just in your case, you never know when, when you are going to use it. Right. Yeah. Right. I listened to some people who started podcast years ago and they said that it's a huge pity that they didn't come up with a video on YouTube in, right in the first place, in the very first episode of their, of their podcast. Uh, and they, they wish they had done it, but yeah. Yeah, now it's too late and they can only, you know, uh what what they can do is to to start doing this right away from from the day zero yeah but uh i i still don't know i do have these videos uh i even tried to prepare it on uh youtube it's not still it's still not released i'm thinking maybe you're right maybe i should uh, i should put it on on youtube so yeah i'll let you know uh soon Uh, okay. yeah, about it uh, like your episodes are also available on YouTube or only on, on... no r- right now we I have a few of them that are mm-hmm. video um, but okay. I, but and, and, and we don't have that many at, at this point I mean I think we're only seven or eight episodes in so it's still very very young as well um, 
And most of them I have just an audio, but that was a little bit out of necessity. Like for instance, I've, I've been on the road and I've done a, I've done a, an episode from my car, for instance, you know, just kind of squeezing it into my day. I had it scheduled and just get it recorded and have it. So, okay. you know, another, another person I watch a lot of is, um, yeah, which you may have seen him. Um, but, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, I don't know if you've, yeah, yeah, he is quite uh, you know popular in Poland. Yeah, uh, like many people, he was in Poland like two years ago. People went crazy to get uh, these tickets to 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 be able to see him. Really, uh, so yeah, yeah. And and one of the principles that he talks about with you know producing uh, you know media content or marketing content is just produce the content. You know, just get start today producing content. Yeah. You know, whether it's audio or video or whatever it is, just start producing content. He is crazy you know, about it. Yeah, I, so I read his book and like the whole book, 100% of this, you know, like the, the, the main message is just work harder. <laughs> work harder. Produce, right. produce, produce. Don't stop. Don't think. Just right. don't, 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 don't think that it, maybe it's not good enough. Just Put it there. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what he does. Yeah. Now, uh, coming back to this, uh, where we started this, um, you know, concrete leveling business and the uh, injection uh, to to seal the leakages. It, like, why is it this concrete leveling business so uh, popular in, in in US? Like, I see that this is the, the need of injection into the ground or stabilizing these um, um, concrete slabs is only uh, important in, you know, in the warehouses when the slab, when this concrete floor is really you know, destroyed. But uh, I think that in US only all, like even private people, uh, you know, order order this kind of repairing, like their huge driveways to 2,500 square feet, uh, huge amount of concrete. Is it is it so, or am I am I wrong? Yeah, there's there's probably. Like I was thinking, you know, I was thinking like in Europe, in big uh, big Europe cities, we. Uh, we have, as you mentioned in the beginning, very limited space, so we have to build up and down. There, there are no, no, you know, no space. But uh, in US, you have huge houses, one family, three to four people, and the, the, this this house is huge, and the driveway is also very long and huge. So, is it is it not cheaper to you know remove this concrete and to to, to make it new one? rather than inject it? How do you say? So to, to, to that specific question, no, certainly not. You know, to to rip out and replace is much, much more expensive. Okay. Yeah, than, okay. than leveling with, uh -huh. you know, with... With PU or with like cementitious materials? Um, it, it always depends, right? Um, yeah. You know, and, and we always <laughs> do say that. We, you know, we don't, we don't trumpet ourselves saying that we're the silver bullet of the you know, the lifting world, mm -hmm. there are places where cement grouts work just fine. There are places where, um, helical piers or push piers are, are going to be preferred. You know, a lot of our customers also do, um, you know, a large amount of work. 
um, that is used in place of, of urethane. Um, but I, I think, it, yeah, to your point of the U.S. market in general, the, the U.S. is so big geographically. <laughs> you know, there's 300 and what now? I think there's 300 almost 50 million people. Um, you know, it's you know, 3,000 miles across. It's um, it's just massive. It, it's, it's so expansive and there's so much concrete that's poured here, you know. And to your point, yeah, in, in some of the, the more uh, rural settings, yeah, you have some very large properties with very large, you know, uh, swimming pools with large pool decks around it and concrete mm. and driveways leading up to it and um, large patios. So yeah, there's, I think to your, to your observation there, there's, there's certainly just more uh, places, you know, to use this, this so sort of technology. Can we say that there is a still a, a place for another new, uh, you know, applicators uh, to, to start this, this kind of business? Oh, certainly. Yeah. I, I, okay. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's people, you know, popping up daily, you know, that want to start these businesses and, and do very well. Mm -hmm. um, the, the thing though is there, there's a, there's a barrier to entry, you know, and this is also what we tell people looking to get into the business that the equipment cost is, is quite significant. Mm. You know, so if you want to do it the right way, you really have to have a, a solid business plan in place. You have to have your marketing plan in place. You know, you have to have that business plan laid out for, you know, for three to five years, uh, mm -hmm. be prepared to, to make those investments. But if you, if you do those steps that are very common in any business startup, you're most likely you're going to be successful. You know, it's um, very few people we see that start the business and do it the right way or, or are not successful. You know, mm -hmm. so um, yeah, there's, there's definitely still, still room for growth and not only here, but you know, in other, in other countries. Um, but you know, to your point, some of these urban settings that are very old, you know, for instance, in, in the UK, um, you know, I have some experience in the UK with, with leak seal, you know, some of the structures are, are just so old and, you know, and maybe it's leaked for, for a hundred years, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, they, and so that there, there are, there are conditions in some of the older places and the older markets where they say, eh, it, it is what it is. It, it doesn't need to be exactly level, you know, or yeah, there's a little bit of leak there, but it's, you know, it, it adds charm, <laughs> you know, it's every place is different. Um, but the U S is a, is a great market for it for sure. Okay. So can you tell me like this huge country you, you say, uh, are there like better for this business areas, uh, like, like, these areas of the seismic activity, uh, for instance, uh, or, or like, is it is it rather uh, depend on the uh, you know the sales rep who manage to to find right people, right clients? Uh, there's there's many considerations for it. Uh, I'll give you a couple of them. Um, so one is soil types. So we mm -hmm. have because it's so large, there's different soil types. Um, and due to the different soil types, you're going to see different types of problems with structures. Yeah. Um, for instance, you know, everyone in the chemical grading world in the U S knows that Florida has these sand soils that develop a lot of sinkholes, right? Um, you know, if you're looking at the news and you see a sinkhole swallowed a, an entire house, you know, it's, it's usually in Florida. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, 
you know, so that lends itself, you know, there's sand soils, there's karst conditions, um, you know, that, that are in the, in the sandstone that develop, you know, high water table combined with that. And all of these variables together create, you know, conditions for settlement. So, you know, you'll have pockets of that sort of thing throughout the U.S. where different markets will be better just because there's more settlement. Mm-hmm. Um, conversely to that, there's, you know, th- there are markets that have more clay soil. Um, and there are very large clay clay layers that run, you know, several hundred miles or kilometers and um, mm-hmm. th- that are very significant. And in those markets, uh, there may not be as large of a need, you know, for, for lifting work. And even if there's settlement work, you have to be careful because some of these these clays perform in a, you know, in, in a, almost a, a swellable manner, you know, like a, like a bentonite, for instance, and they, you know, they, sw- they expand and contract. So you have to be careful when you do your, your lifting, you know, you might level, you might level the, the, you know, the home or the, the slab at a certain time of the year. And then the, the clay swells and you overlift it. Right. So you have to be really careful with some of those considerations. So, um, and then as far as seismic activity, I, I haven't personally seen a direct correlation with, seismic you know okay that, that was you know just my guess uh, just yeah. uh, when i was producing this list of questions and like yeah. the thoughts to cover i thought that this, this may be uh, you know interesting uh, yeah. to 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 just ask you but if there is no correlation end of discussion period yeah yeah uh okay so uh one of this like we both know that we are going through this crazy time of pandemic. Can you describe uh, to our listeners how badly uh, uh, hit this industry been by this pandemic? Um, I can't speak for all for all manufacturers, um, but a lot of the work that we do was deemed essential in the, in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So I, I saw that common thread throughout a lot of the chemical grouting manufacturers where you know, we, we, everybody made it very clear to the industry that we're an essential business for infrastructure repair. Um, you know, compared to hospitality or airlines, I mean, I would say we're pretty lucky to be, you know, in infrastructure repair. Yeah. Um, you know, when it first, when this all first kind of happened and it was a developing story, it was pretty scary. I think as for all of us, you know, we didn't That's know what true. that, what the shutdown could look like. You know, like how bad can this really get? And I think that was definitely scary for all of us. But, um, you know, now looking back in our rearview mirror a couple months, um, we're we're very excited about kind of coming out of it and, um, you know, do, doing just great. And we also attribute that to our our customers. You know, we we have a lot of really good contractor partners that uh, also just kept their head down and worked very hard through through the crisis, you know, and didn't let it cripple their business. Um, and that kept us obviously running as well. Yeah. And this, this pandemic started like, let's say three months ago. And I remember this first weekend when it was in the lockdown was announced in Poland uh, and we were working uh, like 350 kilometers away from, uh, from Warsaw. So, uh, the first message I got from my uh, employees was that the uh, hotel is going to be closed uh, next in the following weeks. 
so we have to find another place to to stay and we were uh, uh, about to stay over there for another three to four weeks so you know I told them that maybe the, perhaps we should uh, avoid going there the following week to find some place to live. And, uh, well, we made some minor injection jobs in, in Warsaw. And then we have found another place and we come back to, to this, to this uh, underground uh, parking place in Bydgoszcz. Yeah, that was it. So this is it. Now we are working in Wrocław, another uh, and now 300 something kilometers away from uh, from Warsaw, but still everything is open. Uh, I think that people really feel that this uh, pandemic is going to be over, and everyone is happy that this like this crazy time is is, is yeah is, is is done. That's it. What are your uh, ideas about the future? What the future uh, brings in the pandemic, in you know the, the the second half of the 2020, like in our industry? How do you see it? Um, I mean, we're we're very very positive about, about finishing the year. Um, you know, we we do our our weekly internal calls and you know pipeline reviews, and uh, mm -hmm. we're we're very excited about some of the projects that are coming back on the board, so mm -hmm, to speak, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. there's this big kind of timeout, you know, to, to everything, almost everything. Um, and that, that was concerning. That was probably the biggest concern to us that these larger government projects, how, how long are they going to be pushed, pushed out? You yeah. know, cause those are the, you know, those are some of the projects that can make or break, you know, an industry even, you know, if there's no large infrastructure work or government pro projects going to bid and being performed, then we're all kind of in trouble. You know, the, the, the day-to-day -day stuff can only, you know, take you so, so far industry wide. Um, so we're, we're, we're positive about it. We see a lot of the, the bigger stuff happening. Mm -hmm. you know, we're getting a request now, like our, our, our training log, as far as where we need to have our field services um, team is is backed up again you know so now people are requesting to have the, the field work done where before it was a big i i don't know when we can do the work <laughs> you know like yeah. stay away no um, one yeah. no one knew anything like we'll see next week next month right yeah that was it that was it yeah so, so now i think people are starting to schedule stuff so i can only say for all of us i think that's a a really positive that's a good sign if, if yeah. you know if, if the the clients are coming back and they start to call you uh, on the job side this is a good sign that we are really coming back to to our business yesterday I was uh, talking to my sister on the phone and I was you know uh, she just called me to say that she has finished to listen to my fifth uh, episode. And she liked that. She told me that the, you know every single episode, one after another, is getting better, including my English. <laughs> and uh, uh, and uh, yeah, so uh, she told me like like in the the one hundredth episode will be you know pro most probably really really great. So yeah. I I was like like not the twentieth. I, I you are going to you know to to wait to one hundred. <laughs> So yeah, that that was it. 
But um, I told her that uh, this year is great for me. And he, uh, she, she uh, answered that I most probably I'm the only person on, on, on earth, you know, considering the first half of the 2020 to be a great, uh, great time. But uh, this time we, uh, like, we worked. I could, you know, breathe because my employees had job sites and injection uh, work uh, to do. Uh, really allowed me to start this uh, podcast uh, from scratch. Yep. Really, really. So, um, yeah, that's it. That's, uh, now I hear this. We are talking. Uh, we can exchange our ideas and about the business and, and, and injection technology in the podcast. And a year ago, uh, none of those podcasts were actually available. So this, I, I find this really, really, really great uh, what we managed to, to start. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree completely. What are your you know plans for the the next episodes? Like where where do you find you know ideas for episodes and, and how do you find to you know invite uh, invite your uh, guests? Yeah. So one of the things I've <clears throat> I've been inviting I, I put several invitations out, um, but uh, I, I would like to get more of a focus on the engineering community. Mm-hmm. And, you know, right, right now it's, it's been kind of a, a customer focus, you know, just organically what has come up in my conversations with customers that I speak to on a regular basis, mm-hmm. which, which is great because it helps, you know, it's, it's good to promote their business as well. Um, but um, I, I'd like to get more on the engineering side, you know, and really talk okay. um, project design considerations, um, cost considerations, support considerations, um, you know, warranty discussions. I think, you know, I think there's a really large place in the injection industry to talk warranty. I think that's something that really gets misused. Someone from Australia asked me if I, uh, you know, if I give warranties and I was like, I was really in shock uh, getting this question uh, on the chat on LinkedIn because uh, like the, Polish law says that if the job is done, you have to give the warranty to your clients. So I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, well, I, th- there are some different considerations. In the U.S., it, it is pretty standard as well, state by state, that contractors with a contractor license have to offer some sort of you mm-hmm. know, guarantee of their work. Um, but we also see some projects that request like a leak seal warranty, like an extended leak seal warranty. Okay, um, and that is something that I think we could all educate, you know, clients, design professionals, each other, contractors, suppliers to to have a common message with that. You know, one of the things I ch- always try to point out is when, when a building gets waterproofed, mm-hmm. that initial building envelope waterproofing system is on. <clears throat> there's typically a warranty with that issued by the waterproofing manufacturer, right? So if we are working in conjunction with the manufacturer from day one that's a different scenario from a warranty standpoint than if we get a call six years later and says, my building is leaking, fix it. Right. And then they say to you, then they turn around and say to you, what's your, you know, give me a 10 year warranty. It's like, well, the original waterproofing design on this building didn't even last 10 years. Yeah. So here we are coming in. And you know, one of the, the analogies we use a lot internally is 
you know, chemical injection for leak seal is like the firefighters. You know, we, we come into a building when there's a problem. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. It's already, already too late. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're just trying to offer an emergency solution to a big problem that they have, mm -hmm. you know, and, and this actually ties into what you're saying with talking to other suppliers. It's not about one product saying my product is so much better than, than his product. Or we all know as manufacturers that you're saying business, your product is bad. You know, if, if, if your product doesn't work, you're not going to be in business very long. That's it. Um, it's, it's more about the fire, the firemen that you send out to that job, you know, are the firemen skilled? Are they trained? Do they, you know, yes, they, they all have hoses and axes and ladders, but do they know how to use them? <laughs> you know, yeah. the equipment is not, it's not enough. Absolutely. That's yeah. it. That's it. Yeah. So I, I would like to go in that, in that vein a little bit with the podcast with right. just setting expectations for grouting. Okay, uh, got your point. Um, I think that's it. We have covered so many different topics from from podcast to pandemic to uh, concrete leveling business, and of course, in, in concrete injection for ceiling. Uh, do you have any question that we can, you know, ask through this uh, through this episode to our listeners? Like, you know. Um, the, the only thing is how is, you know, how are things on, on your end, you know, where, where you see it in, in Europe, um, do, do you see a similar thing? I know that, you know, through the pandemic, obviously, you know, Italy was kind of ground zero in, in Europe. Do you, do you see that we're kind of coming uh, back on board here? I, I think I was talking with some applicator uh, from Italy, like a week and a half ago, maybe two weeks ago, he he was really happy because he felt that, that this pandemic is going to be over in his country as well. So he seemed to be really, you know, uh, finally breathing. And um, yeah, and he told me that they have some job sites to, to be done. Uh, yeah, so he was very optimistic about the future. Uh, in Poland, we didn't have even one day off not even one day off i told that we didn't go for this whole week to uh, because because to bedgosh because the hotels were closed but we still have some you know job sites in warsaw which is our our city we live there around cities yeah um so i'm really happy it didn't hit me almost at all Really, okay. And even my clients say that, like, no big deal, and they have, um, like, they have plans to to repair these garages. So we do it. Yeah, that's it. Hopefully, so, they won't so the change their mind. So the building and, and repair industries, as you see it, are close to normal. Yeah, absolutely. They say that maybe a little bit less people are present on the job sites, but right. uh, the construction goes as, as it should. Yeah, that's okay. it. Yeah. I hope yeah, that's they great. don't lie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that, that, that's fantastic. And like I said before, I, th I think we're all very lucky to be in the building, you know, the construction industry, as compared to some of these other industries that have been very if we were running like the uh, restaurants or hotels 
we would be totally different uh, yeah. you know point of of we would have totally different point of view yeah. on this on the, on the situation all right jim uh i think that's it um for now this is our first conversation i really believe that we will have chance to talk uh, some other time um to you know to compare our businesses and the situation in our countries or in us and in europe uh, i will also talk to other uh, european producers and contractors so i will you know collect some information so we can then discuss this together um how do you say like every three or four months another meeting so we can you know have this discussion how do you say yeah yeah absolutely and yeah for for sure you know i think we have a common a common goal with our podcast so i'll be sure to you know all of our guests to let them know about your show as well and right, thank you and vice versa yeah. and you know That's if they're it. if we can have any mutual exposure to just the industry you know um, i even you left you know the review of your uh, of your podcast on itunes uh especially about the seventh episode about this marketing discussion because i really liked it this marketing in small service companies is something that is it stay always in the end of the line yes always no time for this and this is so important they say that the marketing is a king uh, for business so yeah that was great conversation by the way absolutely thank you very much i appreciate it Have a great day and talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. I know it's holiday time and many of you are having a rest. Rest is also a time of reflection and planning the future. So now, are you ready to expand your leak sealing business into concrete slab lifting? I hope this episode is put for thought for your business future. Thanks for listening and I hope you tune in next time.